Hello and welcome to Herpetological Discussions. This is Justin Julander and today we're talking climate change. Alright, the, the paper I selected today is Erosion of Lizard Diversity by Climate Change and Altered Thermal Niches. And this is work by uh, Barry Snervo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but uh, he and uh, about 26 other authors uh, wrote or per did this research. Now, this was published in Science, which is a very high-level journal, and it was published in 2010. So it's a, a little older than some of the other publications we've been going through, but um, I thought it was a very interesting paper and thought it was worthy of discussion today. Um, so I guess one of the... <laughs> Climate change is one of those things where, you know, you see a lot of, of varied opinions on it. Um, personally, I believe that climate change is occurring and it's uh, being sped along by uh, activities by people. And I uh, believe that the scientific literature supports this uh, very strongly. So um, this, this paper kind of goes along with it. And what, what these authors are doing is looking at local extinctions in various uh, scoloporous lizards in Mexico and uh, um, comparing that with uh, different changes in climate. Now, I guess regardless of your uh, views on climate change, let's uh, go ahead and discuss this paper today. Um, so, I guess if you feel I'm being biased or buying into the, the Kool-Aid of the climate change scientists, uh, go ahead and uh, can discuss it on the uh, Facebook page at Herpetological Discussions Facebook page. But um, so I'm I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on this and and kind of where you stand on on these things. So if you've got an opinion, go ahead and share it there. Um. So this uh, climate uh, change uh, can affect different things, um, and notably lizards are fairly sensitive to this. Um, the animals can adapt to climate change by, uh, number one, moving somewhere else where the climate, you know, the climate is suitable for their needs, um, to, or, or adjusting through either behaviorally, physiologically, or adaptive, uh, means to the climate. So that would include, you know, different, um, evolutionary, uh, changes over time. Now, um, if, if these, if you, if the animals can't move or adjust, then you, this results in uh, collapse and extinction, uh, either at a local level or or the species in in general. So, despite all the evidence of uh, climate change, there hasn't been much evidence published of local extinctions, and uh, these things haven't been put forth too too uh, much in the literature, and so. Um, this this paper, I guess the goal of the paper is to include uh, real observed localized extinctions in their modeling of uh, or predicting uh, climate-based uh, extinction events, if that makes sense. Um, again, this paper is a little bit over my head, <laughs> and so um, I'd be happy to hear other opinions if I'm missing something uh, on this paper. But uh, this is basically what I got from it. So, they they modeled um, they modeled uh, the climate-based uh, extinctions on uh, various things that they'd observed in both the field and in the in the laboratory. 
And so they wanted to validate their predictive models with uh, number one, macroclimate uh, data, uh, number two, a pace of the climate change uh, shows compromised thermal ad adaptation, and three, extinctions should be uh, found globally. So that's kind of what they, they expected to happen if, if their predictive models were correct in regards to uh, change in microclimate. So as I said, they studied scoloporous lizards. Uh, there were 48 different species in Mexico at 200 different sites. And so th these uh, different populations were sampled first uh, from 1975 to 1995, so about 40 years ago um, over the course of 20 years. So these populations have been fairly thoroughly studied. Um, they st studied the, these same populations between 2006 and 2008 and had found that about 12% had uh, gone locally extinct um, of these uh, these different populations. Um, so they, they include different things in their modeling and predictions and uh, their calculations and, and one is uh, body temperature. So this is the preferred body temperature of the lizard uh, in its various uh, in its in its uh, preferred climate, um, the CT max is the critical thermal maximum. Uh, so that's the temperature at which these animals will expire. <laughs> so they do not want to reach the CT max. Um, HR is the hours of restriction, and this is uh, um, when the climate or the temperature restricts their metabolic uh, activity. Um, Sorry, this is when their their activity is restricted, and they would seek shelter because the temperatures were too hot, and that can restrain uh, their metabolic functions like uh, growth or maintenance or reproduction, and that results in a drop in population. And if uh, um, if left too long, that can result in extinction events, uh, at least local extinction events. So if the if the body temperature is high. Uh, if they uh, then you know, this can occur through adaptation, and that's seen in various populations. So different lizard populations have adapted to their environments. Um, those that live in high montane um, areas, uh, they might have you know lower preferred body temperatures because they're up high, so they've adapted to kind of that cooler area. Whereas you know desert species might have adapted to higher temperatures. Now as your body temperature uh, preferred body temperature increases uh, through an adaptation, it gets closer to the CT max or the critical thermal maximum. And so as the uh, thermal maximum during the breeding season increases, this also can affect um, the populations. So this is kind of the problem they're having is, is the, the times that are changing most drastically as far as the, the temperatures go is during the the winter to spring uh, time, so it's getting hotter, and and we've seen that. I mean, despite all the cold and snow in the Northeast, this has been the hottest uh, winter on record in in you know 2014 to the 2015 winter season in in North America, and so and and basically throughout the world, these these this is consistent. The, the things are getting hotter, and so um, this affects. 
animals during their breeding season. It gets hot. Uh, they can't uh, cycle the way they need to uh, with the hotter temperatures. And, you know, as, as a python breeder myself, I see that, you know, if things are a little too warm during the breeding season, then, then some species won't even uh, breed at all. Or they'll have uh, kind of reduced fertility, uh, different issues like that. So if that's happening globally, you're going to expect to see some, some issues there. And so local extinctions may result. Um, the high elevation species in Mexico kind of are little islands out there and, and they support um, different taxa that are that are uh, adapted to kind of that moist environment, that cooler environment where the and the thermal limitations there will definitely restrict species and limit them. So as I said before, you know if, if things are getting hotter, uh, animals can adapt by moving to areas that are suitable. Now this is difficult if you're living kind of on the tops of mountains. Um, you can't go any higher than the top of the mountain if you're a lizard. So, you know, they don't really have anywhere to go. And it's, um, so they've showed that some of these higher elevations, which also happen to be viviparous um, or, or live-bearing animals, um, they showed that their rate of extinction risk was about 18%, which is about twice that of oviparous lizards or egg-laying lizards. And so they they have even a higher risk. These uh, high-elevation viviparous uh, populations have a higher risk either through uh, not having suitable temperatures or through uh, competition because of incoming animals who are fleeing the uh, heating areas that they used to live in. So... Um, so these extinction risk of viviparous uh, lizards was significantly related to their lower preferred body temperatures. Um, okay, so to validate some of these patterns of, that they'd predicted of, of patterns of extinction risk, they used uh, the species Scoloporus serifer, which is the blue spiny lizard. And this lizard occurs from uh, southern Texas through the eastern Mexican states down to Guatemala. Um, and they compared uh, areas of low, local extinction um, where the animals were no longer found uh, due to uh, increasing temperature and, and difference, uh, different changes in the climate with uh, areas that were persistent or where the, the species remained. And so they found that uh, the um, hours of uh, re retreat or the time that the animals spent um, you know, under under shelter to to uh, avoid the higher temperatures, um, were was significantly higher uh, during the reproductive periods at the extinct sites compared with the persistent sites, and so this uh, th these data based modeling predictions suggested that if the hours of retreat were greater than three point eight five. Um, that's the uh, value that they predicted, then that would result in a, a local extinction. So um, this was uh, borne out by the, the observations that they made in the field. And so uh, that was fairly interesting um, that they could predict kind of that um, when something might go extinct if it was above that level. So um, expansion of species into historically cool areas, as I mentioned before, some of these 
um, animals that are leaving areas that are getting too hot and moving up into historically cooler areas, um, they crowd out or uh, exclude uh, the species that live there through through competition. And uh, this uh, another factor here is that the rate of change in the climate is uh, too fast for compensatory evolution. And so um, things that might overcome this are, th are the reason why the animals are able to live in these areas in the first place, some very extreme areas, is because this change occurred so gradually that they had time to adapt. Now, um, the evolutionary response necessary is constrained by, in, in part by, a low heritability of body temperature. So it's um, these changes in body temperature are, are not very heritable. So that's one of the reasons that uh, this doesn't occur very quickly. And so given these um, different factors and the things that they've calculated, um, they predict that about a 58% extinction of Mexican scoloporous species will occur by 2080. Um, and so they expanded on that and looked at uh, global populations of, of different lizard species and based uh, different things on, you know, based the um, predictions on their current uh, preferred body temperature range um, or average and other, you know, factors such as hours of retreat. And they did a huge prediction on the local extinction levels and species extinction levels of, of various lizard families throughout the world. And some of those are quite alarming. Um, so I'd, I'd suggest looking through the article and looking at this large table. Um, some species are relatively uh, not, not as, uh, as impacted as others. Um, some have kind of a 0% species um, extinction rate, while others have a very high up to even 90%, 60 to 90% in some groups. Uh, one of the alarming ones that bothers me a little bit is the uh, Carphodactylidae, which is, includes uh, knobtail geckos and other cool geckos from Australia. And uh, their, their predicted uh, species extinction rate is around 75%. So that's, that's pretty scary stuff. So uh, check out those data and, and uh, see, see what you think. But... It doesn't look very positive. So, all in all, um, you know the 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 scene looks pretty grim if current trends continue. Now that's always difficult. You know, I have a hard time with that because you know it's it's hard to predict. This is such a, a complex system, and uh, so you know things could change that we we can't really predict or, or foresee. But nevertheless. Um, this is strong evidence that uh, we need to uh, curtail our activities as, as far as, they, as those that contribute to climate change and, and global warming. So uh, re the, I guess the, the consequences of ignoring it or pretending it doesn't exist are pretty severe as, as predicted by this group. So I would uh, suggest doing things where you can and and acting locally, which will affect the uh, the world uh, globally. So uh, make changes, <laughs> try to help things out. If you disagree, uh, 
let me hear your opinions on that uh, through the Facebook page. But uh, they they end the article kind of looking at certain examples of uh, local extinction rates. Um, so that's uh, also fits in with their predictions and supports the uh, the data that they present in this paper. Now, uh, I. Uh, I I really enjoyed the article from what I could glean from it, so I'm sure there's a lot that I've missed. But uh, this is uh, this is important stuff, so I figured uh, you guys would like to hear about it, and hopefully that's the case. Um, I appreciate all the the support um, from those who have listened to the podcast, as well as uh, any who have who have made recommendations for articles and uh, I encourage anybody that wants to hear a specific article you know let me know I'll uh, talk about it on herpetological discussions but thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time